Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Kids are going back to school, so let's pray for students. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, in your wisdom and love, you surround us with the mysteries of the universe. Send your spirit upon all students and fill them with your wisdom and blessings. Grant that they may devote themselves to their studies and draw ever closer to you in the process, for you are the source of all knowledge and all that is good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today I have on a special guest. He is and his wife uh, live in Franklin, Tennessee. They have six children. They're founding board members of the Chesterton Academy of the Incarnation, also in Franklin, Tennessee. This man, Patrick, and his wife, Christy, they've homeschooled their kids for many years, and they also serve on the board of the St. Thomas More Scola Homeschool Cooperative. They're very active in their parish. Uh, they started a program called Three to Get Married uh, for couples uh, beginning the journey to get uh, towards a, a Catholic sacramental marriage. And uh, Patrick uh, holds a doctorate in political science from Vanderbilt University and is also the marketing director for a technology company, as he's also the interim headmaster of the Chesterton Academy. A lot going on here. So I welcome to the program Patrick Bentley. Hi, Father Dan. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. You sound like a busy man. Uh, I feel like a busy man. Well, you know what they say. They say, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy man. Yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> so we're going to talk about education and particularly about this uh, rising up of this thing called the Chesterton Academy. What, uh, just overall, what's your take on the academic situation in America today? Um, well, I, I think students do need to be uh, young people need to be better prepared for life, um, primarily um, once they leave their home, once they leave their parents and go into adulthood, um, need to have a foundation and a preparation that will allow them to engage in the world, uh, but also to keep their faith and uh, to continue to strive towards seeking truth and to strive toward uh, getting to heaven. And um, there's a lot of uh, forces working against that. And we're trying to do with Chesterton Academy, trying to um, provide a place um, that, that fosters that and supports that mission. Excellent. We here are big fans of Chesterton. You know, he is one of the founders in radio, um, did almost 200 talks before he died in the mid-30s. Um, so uh, a great man of wisdom and knowledge and a great man of faith. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors, too. Like you said, I think, I think American parents uh, were just a little too trusting, and it's not their fault. You know, we were raised to think that the education system was looking out for our children with the best intentions of mind, right? But something happened in the last 20 or 30 years, maybe even longer, where uh, the 
academia world, particularly it started, I guess, in college, had a opinion about the way they wanted to form these kids. And it was much more liberal than what people would have uh, would have thought. And that has somehow trickled down into the high schools and even in grammar schools. And so now in the recent year or two, you know, we see parents going to school board meetings and shocked at what's being taught and uh, the things they're saying about the parents, uh, that uh, even that the parents have no right to educating their children, that the school is the primary educator. So, you know, Catholicism has never uh, promoted that that way of thinking, although I know right here in Nashville, it's been challenged from time to time, even with one of the high schools. Uh, so things went off the rails, and now you have taken up the reins on bringing this academy to the Nashville area, and tell us a little bit about what the Chesterton Academy offers. So uh, Chesterton Academy is a, uh, we are a member of the Chesterton Schools Network, which was a network of uh, about 45 schools throughout the U.S. Um, this time next year, that number will be north of 60. Uh, the original Chesterton Academy started in the Twin Cities in Minnesota uh, back in 2007 with uh, the goal of providing a uh, integrated curriculum, uh, integrated classical curriculum um, that would um, – Teach our children um, the truths of the world and the truths of our faith um, through the lens of all of these truths coming from the same source, that is Jesus Christ. And uh, so uh, our Catholic faith is woven throughout the entire curriculum, not just set aside in a in a religion class, but you find it in all the classes, um, from history to literature to philosophy, which students take for all four years, um, and then uh, in math and science, obviously, which we can see uh, in the creation of the world and in the order that we find in mathematics, we can see into the mind of God. Um, we also have a strong program in the arts, so all students take art, music, and drama. And um, we we don't um, kind of push down any of the other subjects. We elevate these arts because it's important to prepare our children to think creatively as well as rationally, um, because this this is the person that God created us to be. Um, we are creative people, but we are rational people. Uh, we are, uh, you know, uh, th th that's who we created us to be. So the, the curriculum um, is integrated so that all the classes speak to each other. Um, from ninth through 12th grade, sequentially, they start in ancient times and go through modern times. And so at any given point in time, what they're studying in one subject is chronologically similar to what they're studying the other subjects. So in the ninth grade, they're studying um, Old Testament theology, ancient literature, ancient history, geometry, uh, uh, ancient art history, um, etc. So that when they're in one subject, light bells or sorry, uh, light bulbs will go off when they look to their other subjects and say, 
these things are related uh, because knowledge is related. Uh, it's not siloed from one subject to the next to the next, like you find in most schools. Um, in addition to that curricular program, we also have all of the students also go to daily mass uh, because we want to sit at the feet of the teacher um, every morning uh, before we go and allow his grace and the grace of uh, the Eucharist to permeate through us and through the students uh, so that we may better come to know him who ultimately we are studying in all of our subjects. Okay, so that raises a question. Does everybody that goes to the to the school have to be Catholic? No, you don't have to be Catholic, but we are a Catholic school and we are providing a Catholic education and everyone who goes to the school uh, takes all the same courses and 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 daily masses that are required. So, so they participate in everything. Yes. Okay, that's great. I have often thought when you want to look at a, I, a very quick snapshot of what a school is teaching and and the what's the foundation of the school, look at what the t- kids are reading. I mean, if you want to just do. For me, the quick snapshot is what the school's about is look at what the curriculum of the kids and what are they reading. So I was looking on uh, your website, literature. Okay. Homer, Canterbury Tales, Dante, Shakespeare, Dickens, Dostoevsky, Chesterton. I mean, these are classics. These are brilliantly written masterpieces uh, that won't ever go out of... uh, well, I can't say go out of style because many of them already have, but they'll never be diminished in the quality of work that they are. And so that's that's so great. I remember when I, I went to a, a boys prep school, uh, which is still around today, um, and we did all the same things that are listed here. We read all of these. So, you know, that was, what was that, in the 70s, 80s. Uh, so good for you for continuing to bring classics to the kids. These are important works of of, uh, of literature and uh, of, uh, maybe not just literature, but uh, philosophy and uh, the the truths the tr- seeking to understand about the human person um, are are found in these in these books and um, to uh, and and you may be able to find some of these truths in in more recent. Uh, more recent writings, uh, but we know that they're found in these. And so it, it, we, we agree. We, we think it is uh, very important that the students continue to read these, even though uh, in some, uh, in some schools they have, they have stopped. I, I also want to make one clarification. Um, canonically, we are not a Catholic school. We are a, uh, we are, we have a, 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 we are a school grounded in the Catholic faith the ability to call ourselves a Catholic school um, resides with our bishop, and we haven't uh, had that conversation with him yet. So I want to make that really clear. Okay, yeah, and there's all sorts of rules and guidelines that go with that. So right. um, maybe that may not be the, the route you take, ultimately. Um, okay, so the other thing that has happened in the schools, I would say in the last couple, three, four, five decades, is academic excellence is not always pursued. And that's so troubling. Um, and there's so many reasons given, you know, we, we don't want to 
have a privileged program for people, kids that are gifted, because it makes the other kids feel bad or whatever. Um, and the other issue is that uh, trying to raise morally upright little people into saints, that's gone to the wayside uh, in many schools, even in some Catholic schools. It's like it's not a big push anymore to, to make the kid know you were created out of love with a great purpose in mind that only you can fulfill, and that purpose will make you a saint. Hardly anybody hears that anymore. Yeah, um, you know, those are two, you know, those uh, two things that you mentioned, academic excellence and striving for sainthood are um, two of the driving um, factors behind uh, behind why we're do, why, why we're starting this school. Um, you know, I think you can find a lot of schools where academic excellence is an important part of their program. Uh, but the ends of that, I think, are different than than our ends. We're certainly striving for academic excellence, but it's not necessarily academic excellence simply so I can get into the, some great college or uh, get some, you know, eventually get some great job uh, that pays me money to feed my family. I mean, it, it, these, these kind of questions you can continue that, that then what, then what, then what kind of questions. Um, we are striving for academic excellence because uh, it's what God has, it's what God has called us to um, as, uh, as students. Um, and, and, and it's really what it is to be educated is to continue striving and seeking the truth. That is, that is the end of academic you know the the goal of academic excellence is that we can t to to be um, seekers of the truth, um, and this is the kind of student. This is the kind, this is our goal of of what we want to create and 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 form in these students is that desire to joyfully uh, uh, to, to have a joy filled educational experience where they are studying. Um, because they love the truth, not because of where it will get them. Um, yeah. now certainly that's a, that's a, uh, that's a consequence. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but it's not, it's not the primary goal. Um, secondly, uh, about, um, forming saints, um, yeah, it is something that we, we have found, uh, or kind of, or it's, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's really important to us, um, that, that is, that is one of the primary goals of the school as well to, to really instill in, in the students, but also in the faculty and the broader community involved, um, of this desire for heaven and desire to be saints, um, and to know what that means. Like it's easy to say, yeah, we want our kids to be saints. And I'm sure that you hear that at a lot of schools, um, and, and, and certainly some of them are doing great things toward that end, but it, what it really means is, is a lot of hard work, um, and, and, and goes beyond, uh, kind of just being a good person, but it's really forming the virtues and forming a life of prayer and a relationship with Jesus Christ and uh, a love of the sacraments. Yeah. And a death to self. Yes. And, and the self-will, which that's barely spoken of anymore either. Well, the truth is, you know, one of your hallmarks is a joyful learning environment. You mentioned that. Um, and I've seen pictures of uh, the class and the, the, some of the happiest looking kids I've seen in a long time. Years ago, 
when I was in New York, I used to say to my sister, because her kids were in school, and I'd drive around and see all the kids waiting at bus stops, and they all look like zombies. There was no joy. There was no smiling. They, they looked like zombies. The ones who had phones just stared at their phones. The other ones weren't really talking with the other kids. There was just everybody was in their own little isolated prison uh, for the most part. And I noticed it. Like, I don't notice things like that often. I said, the kids just look so sad. We weren't like that. When we went to school, we walked to school. It was always like a big group of kids walking and laughing and running and playing. And, you know, it was just different. And so uh, it's it's good that this is a component in 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 one of the things you want to highlight at the academy. Here's what I want to say to people: when you learn who God is, who He truly is, and then you learn that you're made in His image, and that He He He's gunning for you. He He's gunning for you in a way that He wants you to be successful. He wants you to be a saint. He His stack the deck that you could have a life that is full of his joy and happiness. Like, how could you not be happy? But think of all the kids that are never told that. You know, think of the millions of kids that don't know they were created out of love for a purpose and and there's a God waiting for them at the end of life who uh, desires what's all the blessings of eternity to be upon them. They're just, it's so sad to me that so many kids don't know the truth about why they were made. So, incredible. Yeah, it's really a, it really is a tragedy. Um, I want to um, give a lot of credit here to our teachers, um, who are very wonderful, wonderful people who are um, grounded in their faith and take their faith very seriously, um, and are very willing, interested, desire to share that with the students, but who are also uh, true. Uh, Learners, they, they 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 love they love what they do and they love the subjects they teach and they're constantly trying to learn uh, because they love the truth as well and they want to, they want to gain that and so I think uh, you know having having a faculty like that really makes something like this possible. Yeah, well, truth is a person. Yes, um, Jesus is incarnate truth. And that leads me over to one of your other hallmarks, which is a focus on truth, goodness, and beauty, attributes of God. Um, I had a very good friend in seminary many years ago, Brother Paulus. He's now Father Paulus. He was German. He was an artist, a uh, brilliant artist. He made life-size bronze statues uh, while, we, while he was in seminary. It was a fascinating process to watch. And... Um, his art was so beautiful, it drew you into the mystery of God. And so one day we had a conversation, I go, you do different kinds of work than the rest of the work that I see out there. And he goes, well, this is, uh, you know, this is a choice I make. He said, if you want to understand the heartbeat of the culture, look to the artwork the culture is producing, and that will tell you where the culture is. And he said, look at the artwork being made right now. Now, this is back in just after 9-11. Um, he said, when you look to art, modern day art, it's devoid of meaning. It's ugly for the most part. And in many cases, it's um, twisted looking. He said, that's that's the culture. It's, it's literally reflecting the culture. He says, and when the culture is healthy, it produces the most beautiful works of art. And when you know, if you start going through history, it's really true that uh, 
the beauty is at its best when the culture is the healthiest. Yes, uh, absolutely. We're trying to create a culture, even within our small community, um, that that uh, really appreciates that. Um, I know that myself and my wife um, and the other board members, that's something that's been really important to us. We, for years, have all had our kids involved in music, and uh, I know that several of uh, several of kids uh, from those three families have done a lot of art, and we see all that it's uh, you know that in addition to you know everything else at the school is 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 of equal importance to be able to create this culture and this community um, that really focuses on uh, the, well you said dying to self but like serving each other and uh, and uh, building up that uh, that. Uh, Kind of culture of, of truth, truth, goodness, and beauty. Um, you know, and uh, attention to that. You know, and like I mentioned, as part of the the curriculum, we have that all the students learn how to draw and paint. Um, they take art for four years, um, and it's not just because we want them to become artists. Um, they may never draw again. Hopefully, they will. But uh, it gives them an appreciation for. Um, uh, for what beauty is and, and form. And, uh, and they take music for four years. They are all students are all in the choir. So students who may have thought they never, uh, could sing, learn how to sing because that's a, it's a skill. Yeah, certainly there, there, there are, uh, variation in, in the gifts that people have been given mm-hmm. by God and their ability to sing, but you can learn how to sing. Most people can learn how to sing. Uh, and so, uh, and, and, and that as a form of, uh, of, of worship, um, is, is important and, uh, and we want to teach the kids that. And then, uh, on top of that, uh, drama, which is kind of like as a human, as a human, it's, it is, you know, when you take on the, uh, character in a, in a play, you're incarnating that you're, you're really, um, you're incarnating that character and becoming that person. Um, and I, I'm not trying to equate that with, with the incarnation, but it's a, it's a type of incarnation um, uh, that we can help, help us to know and better understand Jesus's incarnation, becoming man um, and taking on, taking on our uh, limitations. And uh, yeah, so um, we're really, really excited about that, that focus of the school. Yeah. Drama, when it's pure and it's not uh, adulterated with all sorts of innuendo, uh, it teaches little people how to express themselves, how it gives them, it builds character and also builds confidence. And Mm -hmm. music and uh, art, actually there's studies that have proved that the children that participate in, in schools that offer, and the kids are taking music and art classes consistently, the synapse connections in the brain are much stronger than the kids that don't do it. And this creates uh, advantages later in life in um, just the way they their brain works in connecting with ideas and people and thoughts. In fact, there's an academy, another academy in Franklin that's a music academy, uh, and that family comes to this parish that I have. And they have people uh, from all over that send their kids to this academy because they know it will create great advantages uh, later in life because of the way their brains have been formed to think in a more strategic and, and uh, 
principled way. So there's all sorts of benefits that come with all of these things. Two weeks ago, the Washington Post reported that just in one year, New York City schools lost 50,000 students, right? Maybe yes. it's in two years. Michigan's down 50,000 students across its schools. Uh, p- parents are not happy with the public school system. So what what is your final pitch you can give to the parents that are looking for something different in the Nashville area? Um, so we had, uh, me uh, again, my wife and I and the other board members kind of are driving um, uh, driving motivation behind starting the school was to, to found a school that was, uh, had three qualities. One that was thoroughly Catholic, um, and had a strong Catholic identity Two uh, that had a classical integrated curriculum and three that was affordable. So you can find, uh, around town, you can find schools that meet two of these, uh, many that only meet one, um, but you can't find any that meet all three. Um, so uh, our tuition is $7,900 a year, which is considerably more affordable than any other private school in the area, with the exception of maybe one. Um, and uh, there's no school that is grounded in the Catholic faith that has the classical curriculum that uh, that we are providing. And so... Um, which we think is uh, which we think is a great um, model and methodology to form students, form young people um, to go into adulthood um, with the tools to serve family, to serve country, and to serve our Lord, and and ultimately to get to heaven. That's wonderful. Thank you. And these schools also are all across the country in varied places, about 34 of them, and maybe another 15 or 20 opening in the next year. And maybe you want to bring one to your town. So if you want to, the Chesterton Schools Network, uh, look it up and you can find out more information. Patrick, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, and Father thank Dan. you for what you're doing with the young people of the world. God bless you. Thanks. God bless you too. Bye-bye. This is Father Dan signing out.